Hello, and welcome to the Legacy Music Hour. My name is Brent Weinbach. I am Rob F. And you might notice that our theme song is different today. We got a little something special planned. Well, uh, from our theme show, theme song episode, our first episode, this was one of the potential tracks, um, which we didn't use, but we are using it today because we are doing a composer focus on the composer of this track, which is the music to, to Metroid. Right. And that composer is Hirokazu Tanaka. Hip. Uh, otherwise known as Hip Tanaka, otherwise known as Hiro Tanaka. And for this episode, we're going to look at his work through the Nintendo and Super Nintendo era. The guy's got a, a large body of work. Yeah, and he was there from the very beginnings, really. He started in 1980 at Nintendo. Could you list uh, some of uh, the, the, the his titles? Well, most well, he, of them. Yeah, well, he started doing... Um, he started with Donkey Kong, I think, was the first game he worked on, or one of the first games he worked on, and it did sound for. And a lot of... There wasn't really a lot of video game music at that time. There was just small jingles here right. and there. There wasn't a lot of continuous looping and stuff. Um, but, yeah, he did Donkey Kong. Um, he worked on... Um, Mario Brothers, the the original Mario Brothers game, right? And he worked on Donkey Kong Three. He worked on um, Wild Gunman, Duck Hunt, Duck Hunt. Oh yeah, Hogan's Alley, Urban Champion. A lot of early games for classics, Nintendo. Classics. A lot of really early classics. So basically, it was him and Koji Kondo was the other well known Nintendo composer right. at at the time. He, he did Super Mario Brothers and Legend of Zelda, but um, really, Hirokazu Tanaka was really there from the beginnings of, of Nintendo music and then and uh, was around for that whole evolution of video game music where it becomes a lot more, um, a lot richer in, as time goes on into the late 80s and then, um, and then what, it, and what it evolved into in, during the Super Famicom times of the early 90s. Did you know that uh, Hip was involved with the Game Boy camera Game Boy, and the Game Boy printer? Uh, no, no, I didn't actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he, it was his idea, but he was involved in the planning and the uh, implementation. Mm-hmm, yeah. So the guys, the guys, very, very old school. Yeah, sure, totally. Yeah. Um, other games of note: um, Wrecking Crew, Balloon Fight. He did the music for the Gyrobot, or the 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 uh, the robot games, Rob the Robot, um, Gyromite, and Stack Up. He did, of course, Metroid and Kid Icarus, and you know those are those are some of his most well known. Uh, games, Gumshoe, Famicom Wars, Mother, and Earthbound, the sequel to Mother, Super Mario Land for the Game Boy. Uh, he did Golf, Tetris, um, Dr. Mario, um, and and the, and those are sort of more of his well-known games that you might have heard of. He did some other games too, which we'll, we'll get to and we'll talk to. We're going to play some tracks from some of those more well-known games and some of them for the, the less known games. His, his resume reads like the game library of, of the cool kid back in the 80s. Mm. You know, these are just classic, classic games. Yeah, really classic. A lot of those, when you look at the covers of those those cartridges where it's, they look like they're screenshots from the video game. He did a lot of the sound for, for those those kind of games. So anyway, we're going to play, we're going to start off by playing um, just a breadth of his work from the more well-known games. And then we're going to go into an interview. We actually got an interview with Hirokazu Tanaka and we'll be sharing that with you um, after that. And then after that, we'll kind of get into some other games and, and kind of uh, do our shows the way we usually do it with, by taking turns. And Well, let's get right checking. to it. Okay, so let's um, 
The first thing we'll start off with is one of these earlier games, and this is for one of the robot games, Rob the Robot. Did you ever have Rob the Robot? No. I think we t- did we talk about Rob the Robot I mean, in one of the previous episodes? Yeah, yeah, might. probably, yeah. I, I, I actually, I have one. Was it based on a, an actual Rob the Robot toy character, or was it just a game called Rob the Robot? No, no, you, you play with a toy. It's, oh. I mean, it's, you play with an actual robot that responds to signals from the TV screen, and the robot drops... Well, the, oh, I have the, the gyros for, for Gyromite, It'll drop. There's a contraption that makes it so that the gyros get pushed onto a device that will press different buttons on the controller. Interesting. And so, um, and I, I have it. It's kind of a neat item to have. It doesn't. It's not very practical to play with. It doesn't. It's kind of slow. But anyway, um, we'll start off with playing a track from Gyromite, and uh, this is just the gameplay music from Gyromite for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Music composed by our composer focus of the day. Hirokazu Tanaka. Gyromite composer Hirokazu Tanaka. And uh, yeah, this has a very kind of video gamey sound sound to it, I think. It's like an 8-bit nightclub. That's what I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? That It also kind of really fits the robot theme, I feel like. There's sort of um there's an industrial sound to it. Not not industrial in the sense of the genre of industrial music, but it sounds kind of industrial and robotic, I think kind of, you know. Right, 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 right. Look, there's that kind of zap sound that's sort of used in the drums, you know? Music from Gyromite. Great way to kick off the show. Okay. I would like to play a track from Metroid. Mm-hmm. And this track i believe is towards the latter part of the game yeah i think when you're i think you're going to be playing the, the one from the, he's the i think it's when you're escaping at the end the end of the game yeah. so here is a track from metroid from our episode uh composer focus uh hirokazu tanaka
That's right. Yeah. Escape music. And actually, part of this sounds a lot like the music to Kid Icarus. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, it, like this kind of part right there that we just heard. Um, well, especially when it gets to the really sort of bright sounding part of the of the piece, it really sounds like Kid Icarus. What, uh, Kid Icarus is another game that he did, yeah. This part right here, very Kid Icarus sounding. Hip, Hip Tanaka said that uh, he wanted to make a score that made players feel like they were encountering a living organism. Hmm. And he had no distinction between music and sound effects. Oh, interesting, yeah. I The the music to Metroid is actually my one of my favorite soundtracks I of, remember all, you had of mentioned all that. in his video game history. It's one mm-hmm. of my favorites. And yeah, it's it's it is an, an unusual soundtrack, and, but that's what I like about it. It's just really um, it's really different. And um, I will probably play something from Kid Icarus that sounds like that song, but um, but instead I'm going to pl- play something different, something else from Kid Icarus, um, and probably get to that track later. Um, but this is the, the overworld music from Kid Icarus, and in this piece he actually does quote. There's one line that he quotes from, or, or, or like one or two lines that he quotes from. A pre-existing musical piece. It's actually a, a traditional American song of some sort, and um, you know I'm usually like a, a big stickler about on our show playing only original music for video games, you know, or not playing anything that's an adaptation of a of, of non-video game music. You'll hear all about it on episode thirty, right? Episode thirty, you hear, hear all about it. Um, but in this case, it's just a one-line quote from the from something like a traditional song, and so um, anyway, yeah, I'm okay with that. Are you? Well, let's hear it. Okay, let's hear it. Maybe we'll have some discussion afterwards. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But the 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 most of the piece, I mean, ninety five percent of the piece is uh, is an original piece and stuff. So sure. Anyway, this is music from Kid Icarus and. Listeners, you can and and you, Rob, you can listen for the, the what part you think might be a, a quote from from another song. Okay, so, okay. So, uh, music from Kid Icarus, a music composed by Hirokazu Tanaka. From Kid Icarus. This is the overworld music. The second world. That That's you, right. 
And uh, did you hear that? Did you hear the quote from the uh, traditional song? Well, at the beginning? No, no. Yeah, at the beginning? No. This is the beginning right now. That's Lawrence of Arabia, if I've ever heard it. No, no, yeah, yeah, right, you're right. It <laughs> no. does kind of sound something like that. Yeah, no, but no, no, that's not what I was talking I know, about, though. I know, Yeah. W- wasn't that... It's uh, right here, right here. Here it comes. That's it. It's just that little quote right there. Isn't that uh, some kind of Southern song? Um, I don't know if it's Southern, but it sounds clo- like some sort of traditional some kind of colonial sounding i don't know something you know oh no yeah you're right more it's colonial yeah like something a, like that like a revolutionary war something, song. yeah yeah exactly yeah i remember it from uh, cartoons oh yeah yeah they, they, yeah they would do that when they would do the the bugs money war theme mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, the war themed episodes right um but um what i like about this piece is that there's kind of three sections to it there's this part that has the sort of you know this Lawrence of Arabia sounding portion of it. And then, then there's the second part, which is that traditional sounding part. So like right here, this is right here is where. Right. But then this third section, I really like this part a lot. Listen to the bass here. I just what I like about the bass there is it the bass seems to take on the melody at that part yeah and the upper voices are kind of just doing these sort of chords and also it just I think this is characteristic of his music is that there's a lot of really deep sounding bass a ba- like a very deep sounding bass sound and you really hear it in that that part of the, of the song you hear it in, in Metroid a lot too but um, anyway kind of an experimental piece I think you think experimental? Yeah. Well, in, in that there's these different sections, and there's the okay. quote here, and then it, and then moving from this into this other portion of the song. It's, yeah. Never played Kid Icarus. Yeah, g- good game, very good game. Mm. Yeah, kind of a, um, kind of a sister game to Metroid. Nice, 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 nice. They have a lot of the same production elements i would like to play a track from mother Mm -hmm. right now never released in the united states famicom only and um but but the sequel was released in the united states as earthbound so uh this track do you know what what this track is? Do you, is this the title track or an introduction piece? That's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if it's the title or the introduction. Um, and I in either case, uh, it's from Hirokazu Tanaka, and here is a track from Mother.
his mother. And the, the proper title for this piece is Mother Earth. Mother Earth. It's and a nice it's a nice intro. And it this soundtrack was also composed by uh, Keichi Suzuki. So he did the soundtrack with him, but this track in particular was just a Hirokazu Tanaka. This track. is this is one of uh, the, the my favorite soundtracks that I listened to while researching for this episode. Uh huh. The mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so up next, I'm going to play something from Metroid. I'm uh, not Metroid. Uh, Tetris. Um, this is the Nintendo version of Ch- Tetris. Um, not to be confused with the Tengen version of Tetris, which also came out on Nintendo, mm-hmm. unlicensed. And um, some of the music in this game was adapted from classical music, or and but some of it was original. And um, one of the tracks I played on our, I think, last episode, with the puzzle episode, um, here's another original track for the game. Um, this one has much, like, has more of a kind of a Russian folky sound to it. And uh, it's Music 2 from the Nintendo version of Tetris, music composed by Hirokazu Tanaka. from Tetris. This was one of my my favorite tracks to play to. Yeah, this is this is my first choice for music when I was playing the game too. But did you say in the last episode that the third one was your favorite episode? No, was your favorite song of the No, 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 this one is, but I would sometimes to change it up, I would play with the the music number 3, which was the one I played in the last episode. But no, this one was definitely my first first choice. To me this one was this one was it. Well, this, I just I liked the sort of Russian f- feel to it and the sound to it, and it also was. I think a lot of people picked the third one too, so I think that one kind of got played out a lot. Oh, you think so? Yeah. The third one. Yeah. Wow. I think for a lot of people, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um. So, up next, we're going to hear something from a Game Boy game called Super Mario Land. This is the uh, first of the Super Mario Brothers games on Game Boy. Yes. And one of the first games for the for the Game Boy. And this is the Overland music. Um, it's the music of the first level. And it's music composed by Hirokazu Tanaka. This is from Super Mario Land for the Game Boy. <laughs> Thank you. 
from Super Mario Land. We let that one go uh, uh, twice through because it's, it was on the short side, so. Two loops. Um, but yeah, I really like this. I, I like this track a lot. I particularly like this part right here. I, I think that's a nice little way to get back into the, to the, the A portion of the song. Nice. But um, yeah, that's, that's uh, Super Mario Land for the Game Boy. Did you ever play that? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I've completed it, actually. I don't know how you did that. On the, the old, old Game Boy or a modern? A, no, yeah. A newer on, Game no, Boy. No, on the original Game Boy, yeah. That causes headaches, man. Oh, really? What, yeah. the... Uh, the screen. The screen, yeah. What, do you have a, a magnifying glass or something on, on the... There was, a, there was a device that was like a magnifying glass for that. No, no, no. And I'm, I, I just bought a Game Boy, an original Game Boy, within the last two years. Oh, and you have trouble playing it? Yeah. The only game I can play is, is um, Tetris. Oh, really? Yeah. Well... Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I mean, it was a really novel thing at the time. I mean, I, was, I played it. I didn't ha own one, but I was playing my friend. Okay. My friend's one, and it was really novel to me to be playing this really... Because pocket systems before that were all, you know, either those tar those tiger thing, those tiger the, ones, the, you know, those handheld tiger things they, that were really... They look like watch graphics. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. The, and then um, it was like, I, yeah, that or there was, you know, Donkey Kong and stuff like that for pocket pocket right. things of that but this was so much more advanced and so much, you know I don't know it was pretty cool okay for my next track I would like to play a track from Dr. Mario mm -hmm. and this track is called Fever you can you can pick two different songs to play with kind of similar to Tetris where you can pick three different songs to play with but there's fever or chill is the other option. And to me, this sounds a lot like another game, another Mario game. I won't say what it is. I'll say what it is after. Okay. But let's see if the listeners maybe will recognize some similarity. Mm -hmm. um, here is Fever from Dr. Mario, composer Hirokazu, a.k.a. Hiro Tanaka. Thank you. 
There it is. Fever. From Dr. Mario. And that beginning part, to me, was very reminiscent of a track in Super Mario Bros. 3. Right, right. So, when you're... In a couple places. One, one when you're playing the... When you play Mario Brothers, the original game, in Super Mario Bros. 3. Yeah. And then you're saying the, the, the Hammer Brothers. The Hammer part. Brothers, when you play the Hammer Brothers as well. Yeah. This is my favorite part of the track right here. I like it when it cuts and then it goes back to that choppy style. Mm -hmm. Alright, so we're going to play one more track before we get into the um, interview. And uh, this is a track from Earthbound. Um, we haven't heard any Super Nintendo stuff yet. But um, this is a track called Snowman. And um, it, th th this is actually... This piece was originally composed for Mother 1 on on Famicom, but uh, this is the version of it. It's the same piece. It's the version of it for Earthbound for Super Nintendo. Music composed by Hirokazu Tanaka. from Earthbound for Super Nintendo. This is Snowman, music composed by Hirokazu Tanaka. To me, it's, it's got kind of a new age, kind uh -huh. of a little spa. I, I feel like Hirokazu Tanaka's uh, pieces for this game are really just... I mean, they're very ambient. I mean, this not this one as much, but some of his other pieces are, get really ambient, and they're kind of a lot more experimental and stuff. But yeah, I can hear that too. That's a spa element to it. But um, yeah, you can actually hear the the 8-bit version of this in, in Mother as well, this song. I like those, you can hear those, of those voices. Those background voices. Yeah. A little mystical. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, I managed to get a hold of Hirokazu Tanaka uh, through email. Yes. And we were corresponding with him through email for a while, and we were actually trying to get him to do a live interview on the show, um, but just due to him being in Tokyo and also 
for, because of the language barrier, it was a little too difficult to do that. Oh, we were going to do that through Skype, basically. Right. Um, and then, um, and so w- what we did is we did send him our, um, well, we did send we did send him our our interview questions, and he went through and answered all of them and sent his answers back. And so what we're going to do is um, basically uh, sort of create recreate the interview as if it were live on our show as, as best of. we can. Yeah, or not recreate it, but just create it. Right. Um, and um, actually, thanks to uh, Hiroko Minamoto. Uh, she actually was the sort of in-between person and translated, she translated our, um, our questions into Japanese for, uh, Hirokazu Tanaka. And then she translated his answers that were in Japanese into English for us. So it's gone through a translator already at this point. Right. Um, so who knows, maybe some of the meanings of her questions were lost and maybe some of the, his answers were lost in translation. But, um, you know, I, I think for the most part it, 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 we we both got our points across on both sides, and uh, also Hiroko Minamoto, by the way, has a podcast of her own. Yes, uh, called Eight Four Play, and uh, we'll mention more information about that after the interview. But um, uh, anyway, yeah, thanks to her, and um, this is our interview with Hiroko Tanaka. So Rob is going to play the role of of Hiro, Hiro Tanaka, right? And I'll be the role of me and Rob. Uh, uh, Brent, can I just interrupt for a second? Yeah, can you please call me Hip? Okay, hip. I'll Thank call you. you hip from now on. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and um, so, okay, so that's, I'll be playing, so I'll be doing Rob's part and my part, and I'll maybe I'll try to do Rob's voice. When you, when, when I, you, when I do one of your questions. How are you going to do my voice? How do you think I sound? You kind of, kind of sound like this a little bit, like, kind of like this, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, this is Rob F. <laughs> right? You sound like a, like a... Maybe uh, mo- mobster number three or four in one of those uh, mobster movies. I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> this is Rob F. making you an offer you can't refuse. Well, uh, well, ask a question now. Say an eight bit related question. So, what's your favorite thing about eight bit? <laughs> huh? This is Rob F. asking you. <laughs> Does it, do you think that sounds like you? I don't actually think it sounds like you, but that was that's good. I, I, I like that interpretation. But I may, I may not. Do your voice. So. It's up to you. Whatever, you, whatever you're feeling. I'll see. If, I'll see. Yeah, I'll you see know if what? Can... If you're in the moment, then please go with it. Right, right. I'll try. Okay. Um, and uh, okay. Anyway, so this is our interview uh, with Hirokazu Tanaka. So um, okay. So thank you for, for being on the show. Hey, you know, I do what I can. I think you guys are doing a, a great thing with your podcast. B- by the way, we're, we're going to post this interview in text form on our website, LegacyMusicHour.com, so that you guys don't have to deal with us, you know, doing this. And you could just read it for yourself. All right. Anyway, speaking specifically about your music from the 8-bit and 16-bit era, how would you describe your overall style? What are some defining characteristics of a Hirokaza Tanaka piece? Are there certain themes and compositional ideas that you were particularly interested in first i should note that i do not have a particular quote style unquote of my own the quote game unquote comes before that as the man in charge of sound what should i do to make the game more exciting than it had otherwise be what sort of ideas can i come up with to accomplish this i've always worked under the idea that these are the most important things to worry about 
and that hasn't changed to this day. I've also treated as important the concept of, quote, sound without sound, unquote, the certain type of feeling or mood that can be created within someone playing a game. How can we create this feeling, and how can we make it seem like a novel experience to gamers? It's a question of the entire sound package, not one where you're dividing your attention between music, sound effects, and natural sounds. If gamers feel that there's a unique Hirokazu Tanaka style, I think it's because of that approach I take to games. I don't think about music or my own style. Instead, as a member of the game team, I focus on thinking about making the game more fun. I tend to prefer dramatic RPGs with complex story backdrops over simple action-slash-puzzle games because they allow a wider variety of approaches and ideas to be implemented. So I just want to pause the interview real quick um, and just comment on that. It's just it's interesting to me that he doesn't think of himself having a style because to me, when I hear his music, I think there is very much a distinct style. I don't know about you, Rob. I, I, that sounds very humble, you know? I mean, Yeah, yeah. No, it's obviously, yeah. He's, it sounds very humble, yeah. I, I just, you know, I think there's a lot of characteristics like that deep bass sound you mm-hmm. hear in a lot of his pieces. Yeah. And also some a lot of the earlier music for, you know, so the, some of those early Nintendo games are have a very sort of industrial sort of sound like i said not industrial in terms of the genre but industrial just there's a kind of a, ro- a robotic kind of sound to it like a you hear that kind of zap sound in some in some of those early tracks and stuff and i also kind of feel like more than other video game composers he plays with dissonance a lot more and there's there's a lot of that um i, well, I just think what, what, what do you mean he plays with dissonance well you just there's you you just hear a lot of um Stuff isn't as harmonious as oh, as, okay. as other video games, or it's not as. I just it's just a. It seems like it takes a different approach to it. I mean, it seems very just unique in that mm. you hear a lot of. Um, sometimes uses sort of a atonal sort of sounding melodies and stuff sometimes, and um, and also. Um, uh, the, I just think this stuff overall is just much more kind of experimental. You know, there's just he's sort of playing with the structure a little bit more and stuff. And I don't know if that comes from being in it so long. And, but if you listen to just other, uh, you know, other composers that we played on the show, it's just, their stuff is a lot more poppy and stuff. And I think his stuff is really melodic and catchy, but it's, it's just, it's a lot more, it's not as poppy, I think. But right. I think that's something that's kind of characteristic of his, his style in all his games and stuff. So I think it's kind of interesting that he kind of was thinking that he didn't, you know, like it was more the game that sure. would, sort of dictate the style unless his own personal style that's on the game i think anyway all right i'm gonna it'd be great to be on his, on his team you know he, he says he's working on these teams and oh right it's yeah. a, definitely a team effort you get that vibe mm-hmm. yeah so you um okay so i'm gonna unpause <laughs> the pause button and resume the interview hold on let me get back into hit mode okay okay all right so you've said in the past that even though tools were created to make game music programming easier, you continued to program in assembly, and that gave your music a unique quality. Can you describe that quality? That is, what about programming in assembly made your music different? It was really just an effort to create a sort of sound that only I could be capable of. For example, if you want to change the music depending on what's happening in the game, you'd normally have to get the game programmer's help for that. But I handled it, I handled it all by myself. There's a game for the Famicom disc system called Night Move. Uh, that's the Tetris author's second game. But the, way that's, but the way that title's sound package works wouldn't have been possible unless I was doing the programming. I still like how that worked out. 
and just to pause the interview again, I uh, I wish that we could get a hold. I, I couldn't, I tried to find the music to Night Move Night and Move. I couldn't. I mean, yeah. there was a file that I found that was, uh, that I found that was, a, that was a file that could have potentially worked, but it didn't work. And I think it's because the Famicom disk system had an extra sound channel and that's probably not compatible with the sound programs that we use to play these these files. So mm-hmm. fortunately, we don't have any example. We couldn't find. I couldn't find anything on YouTube either. So fortunately, we don't have an example of that music. But I, I would have been curious to hear it. Though. Yeah. All right. Unpause. Video game music composers are, are usually influenced by earlier game composers. For example, Yuzo Koshiro says he was influenced by Miki Higishino. But because you started composing game music so early on in the timeline of video game music, there wasn't any prior video game music to influence you. So what did influence you? I haven't been influenced by other game music composers. Just like anyone who enjoys regular music, I've been influenced by many standard genres. Rock, techno, classical, folk music, hip-hop, R&B, reggae, and so on. Considering that you started programming sound in 1980, does that make you one of the first video game composers in history? Who are some of the other pioneers? As one of the first game composers, can you describe how video game sound effects evolved into musical pieces? <laughs> I doubt I'd be the very first composer in video game history. There were a lot of people like me working for places like Namco and Sega at the start of the 80s, and I'm sure there were many similar people overseas as well. There really wasn't any sort of interaction between us, though, so I wouldn't know most of their names. There was a definite natural process where games went from sound effects to music And there are two general reasons for this. One is the advance of hardware, speedier CPUs, more RAM, and so on. More important, though, is the improvement in graphics and more complex types of gameplay that this new hardware gave us. That created a natural demand for more variety to the audio side of things as well. Can you talk about the transition between Famicom and Super Famicom and how that influenced your composing? With the Super Famicom, you had double the amount of voices and the ability to sample and use your own sounds, albeit not at a very high quality if you wanted to fill it all in. I think it really expanded the amount of expressiveness possible in music. I don't think, though, that the improved hardware specs and extra voices improved the essence of the game music in and of itself, however. How did you get the nickname Hip? That just sort of came out of nowhere and stuck. In the 80s and early 90s... No, I'm not going to do your voice. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of like it. Really? Yeah. Uh, in, the eight, in the 80s and early 90s, what game composers did you admire? Um, which game soundtracks were your favorite? None in particular. Why did you think there is uh, such a difference between Western and, Jap- and, and Japanese composition styles? I really haven't played that many overseas games in the first place, so I can't answer this. About Metroid, you said in the past that you tried to write non-catchy music and that you only hear a catchy melody when you beat the game. Personally, I think the music to Metroid is catchy all the way through the whole game. It's one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Can you explain what you meant by the music being non-catchy? What's not catchy about it? I think we may be seeing the word, quote, catchy, unquote, in different ways here. What I'm talking about is a lack of light, nimble music, minor chords, the lack of a strong melody. I do think that Metroid is one of the most unique among the titles I've worked on. 
The idea behind it was to use clear, bright chords only in the song played during the ending, giving the player a strong sense of catharsis. The only songs in the game that use relatively bright chords are the ending tune and the jingle that plays at the start of the game. Outside of that, much of the music serves to encourage a sense of anxiety, right? That's what I was intending to say. In both Metroid and Kid Icarus, the use of counterpoint is pretty prominent. Were you influenced by classical music? If so, uh, what are your favorite classical musical pieces? (laughs) What are your favorite classical music pieces? Rob, you probably need a cough drop. I think it's more the case that Dragon Quest was really popular in Japan at the time, and the composer on that project is most gifted at the sort of music an orchestra can produce. That really had a major effect on trends all across Japanese game music around that time. I'm not at all an expert in classical music, but as a kid, we had a lot of records at home from famous musicians that I listened to. Tchaikovsky, Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, Schubert, Haydn, Sansens, and so on. I don't really feel like I've been directly influenced by classical music, but I can see how I might have been affected subconsciously at an early age. We're talking the age of eight and younger here. Okay, so let's pause the interview right now and just hear a couple examples, I think, of uh, maybe what he's talking about. And so let's hear, we're going to hear a track from Metroid and uh, maybe exemplifying uh, what he was talking about, about stuff not being uh, sort of uh, upbeat and and melodic. Okay. Uh, And then uh, after that, we'll just follow it immediately afterwards with a track from Kid Icarus that... um, I think uses a sort of a lot of the counterpoint um, and perhaps that was influenced by classical music. So uh, this track is um, that we're going to hear is from uh, Metroid. This is from Norfair. And um, then we're going to hear something from Kid Icarus, uh, which is the, um, the palace, palace in the sky music composed by Hirokazu Tanaka.
can you describe your process when composing? Did you play the game without sound first and then write the music, or did you just compose the music from storyboards and artwork? Did you compose on musical instruments first, or did you begin writing a piece by programming it from the start? This can depend a lot on the individual project, so it's difficult to describe a single process. However, there is one unique aspect to how I create music data. Most composers usually play out music on a MIDI keyboard, record it, and edit the results to create music data. But for me, all through the Famicom and Super Famicom, I wrote my note data directly into the machine in code form. I've read that there were good-spirited rivalries between video game composers in the past. Is that true? Who were the composers involved with these rivalries? And what were the rivalries about? I've never really seen anyone else as my rival, although naturally I've kept tabs on games that are popular in the market. Were you ever approached by Sega or NEC about possible employment? I haven't. Was any of your music rejected or never used? Are you particularly fond of any music of yours that was never used? It certainly has, and even now, I like some of that music. I just want to pause real quick. You know, some of these questions, I wish, you know, if they were a live interview, we'd obviously would have had follow-up questions and stuff, and um, I just would have liked to have known an example of, of one of those, or one of the games that, you know, he composed for, that there was, you know, I wonder if there, I'm just wondering if there's, you know, some really cool tracks for Metroid, for example, that we've never heard because they were, were never used in the game. Yeah. Or, you know, for our mother sure. or Kid Icarus, any of these games. Anyway, unpausing. Sometimes game composers were credited with aliases instead of using their full names. Why was that? I suppose it's because the composers themselves like using names like that. Do you play video games? Do you prefer older games to newer games? What are your favorite games to play? I don't play many games these days, but since I'm in a Pokemon outfit, I still play the Pokemon games and Nintendo's lineup in general. Most of the famous top-selling games I at least try out a little, but I almost never play them to the end. Do you still compose 8-bit and 16-bit music? I don't compose any of it for game purposes, but I still love 8-bit music. What are you working on and doing today? I am the president of Creatures Incorporated. I also do a lot of composing work for the Pokemon TV show and films. On a more personal level, I have an interest in dance music, like minimal techno, electronica, and reggae, so I compose that sort of thing as well. Would you like to add or plug anything else? It has been about 30 years since I began working for Nintendo, but I always see it as an honor to get asked for interviews like this one. It's always a surprise for me to see how many people there are all over the world that like music from Metroid. It makes me extremely happy and always gives me a lot of personal encouragement in my work. And that's it. That's our interview with Hirokazu Tanaka. And big thank you to uh, Hirokazu Tanaka for taking the time to answer our questions. And the translator. And big thank you to our translator, um, Hiroko Minamoto, who uh, has a podcast, as we mentioned earlier, called 8-4-Play. And you can find that at uh, www.com oneup.com they the in their podcast they talk about video games japan and japanese video games um i, I she also uh said I sh like it would be nice to mention that they specialize in game localization and they uh have a translated 
Dragon Quest VI that just came out in the in the United States. So, uh, yeah, that's that's something we should we should mention too. Sure. Um, but yeah, eight four play is her her podcast. Uh, so yeah, thank you to Hiroko Minamoto and thanks again for to. Hirokazu Tanaka. And I think it's just great that we, we got an interview with yeah. such an established uh, well, I mean, figure in the video game music industry. I mean, he's one of my favorites. He's one of my favorite game composers of all time just because his music is so unique and it's really weird, you know, his music. When you, I mean, just from what we've listened to already on the show. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely, it's really cool to, to get a little more insight um, into his work and to have this kind of direct contact with him. And without giving anything away, we've got some stuff in the works here at the Legacy Music Hour. So, so yeah, keep, keep your seatbelts fastened. That's all. That's all I'll say because we've yeah. we've been working. This one has been in the works for a while. Yeah, but uh, we kept a tight lid on it. Um. Well, anyway, we're gonna move into some more tracks from Hirokazu Tanaka, and uh, kind of just um, play some more tracks and probably play some more obscure titles. And so, I think um, why don't you just go ahead and start this next set of songs off. That sounds good to me. I would like to um, play a track from Famicom Wars. Okay, Famicom Wars. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, track, um, of course, is composer Hirokazu Tanaka. I'm not sure where it is because I've never played the game. Right. Japanese-only release. So here it is, track from Famicom Wars. Famicom Wars. This beginning part sounds really 80s to me. It, I, I, I was thinking a pro wrestling entrance. Old school 80s pro wrestling entrance. Well, I, I was actually thinking of um, track, and, track and Field 2 has oh, a yeah. similar track. I'm looking at the box cover. Yeah, it's like a st- war strategy game. It's got a bunch of guys in army fatigues. Mm-hmm. It looks like they're all flexing and screaming. Um, I'm gonna play something from Mother. Uh, this is this is my, my favorite track from from Mother, the Mother soundtrack, and it's called Magicant. This is music composed by Hirokazu Tanaka, our composer focus. Thank you. 
music from Mother for the Famicom. Music composed by Hirokazu Tanaka. This is just an unusual piece. I really like it. This is Magic Hunt. Magic what? Magic Hunt. No, Magic Hunt. No, no, not what you were. I think you were thinking of something. Else. No, I was just asking what okay. the title was. That's all I was asking. I would like to play a track from Balloon Fight. Mm-hmm. This is, um, I believe the... I think it's the gameplay music, yeah. You just, yeah. Gameplay music. Here it is. Balloon Fight, composer Hirokazu Tanaka. This has a common link with Earthbound. Did you know that? No, no. What is it? I'm reading on the Wikipedia page that uh, in Earthbound, there's a place called Magic Kant that represents the mind of a person. Magic Kant. That's that's the track I played from Earthbound. And the main character in each game may meet the flying men who look like the enemies in Balloon Fight. Mm, Okay. But they will fight alongside you. Instead of fighting against you, I I want to put it out there again. I'm looking for a copy of Earthbound. If anybody wants to donate a copy of Earthbound to uh, to the show or to me, Brent Weinbach, <laughs> I'm looking for it. I'm looking for a copy. It, it, it's we'll use the Legacy Music Hour, but mainly it's Brent. Brent really yeah. wants this. Um, but this song is like it's very. This just has the. That early, the early Nintendo games just have that really, or the ones that he composed were have this really distinct sound. This sounds a lot like Gyromite. You know, it's got that sort of video gamey sound to it, you know? Um, also similar to the track I'm going to play next, actually. Um, I'm going to play something from one of those, one of those earlier games. This one's from Wrecking Crew. And it's music by Hirokazu Tanaka. It's um, again has that kind of very video gamey sound, sound to it, and you can hear that sort of that zap noise, you know, that zap kind of thing I was talking about earlier. You know, um, okay. but yeah, music from Wrecking Crew for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Thank you. 
Music from Wrecking Crew. A little more on the jazzy side. Oh, been good for the jazz episode. Right. Yeah. This kind of has a jazzy, especially the uh, what I would refer to as the bridge of the song. This part right here. No, no, no. right after this part actually coming up. But um, I mean, it has that sort of industrial sound, but also kind of a jazzy sound to it too. You know, right here I think. I like this part of it. As we move forward, I'm going to play a very well-known track right now. Very well-known. From Duck Hunt. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is very, very quick, but that's what she said. I would like to play uh, a track from Duck Hunt. And I think everyone will recognize this composer, Hirokazu Tanaka. There it is. That's a there it is. That's a quick little one. Um, that's very recognizable. Yeah, in my opinion, they're they're nice little stamps. I think of them. Yeah, there I don't there isn't any um, kind of continuous loops in the, that game, but those are just still really memorable little jingles. Yeah, from that from that game. Yeah, yeah, especially that the, the that one that's like All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what you know what I think of of, of that one. That one I'll, I always think of as. Um, as a stamp for some kind of joke that people say, huh? Okay, you know, like like if someone, like if someone was going to say, uh, uh, like well, like when you said uh, that was really short, and I said, yeah, that's what she said. To make right. that kind of, sure. it works for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, next up, I'm going to play something from Doctor Mario. I'm going to play the. The compliment, the supplementary, or the the compliment to fever, chill, chill, and in Very this nice. song again, um, Hirokazu Tanaka, there's one line from a, a non-video game song that he quotes. Um, it's from a song called uh, Saint Thomas, and it's by Sonny Rollins. It's a jazz song, and like I said, I'm usually really, and I am strict about, you know, not playing. Uh, non-video game music that was a or video game music that's an adaptation of non-video game music on our show but it's such a small part of this piece that it, I think it, it's fine you know it's just a little quote it's a little quote from from St. Thomas Sonny Rollins anyway uh, this is Chill from Dr. Mario for the Nintendo music composed by Hirokazu Tanaka Thank you. 
music from Dr. Mario. This is Chill. And really kind of an experimental track, I think. Yeah, lots of stuff going on. Yeah. And, um... I don't know, there definitely seems like there's a jazz influence in it. But, um... Yeah, no, I, I like this track, though. A lot, yeah. I like this part right here. This is neat, right here. I'm going to play another track from Mother. Mm -hmm. A lot of great tracks in that game. This one is called Humoresque of a Little Dog. Hip Tanaka. play something from uh, the game Stack Up, which is the other robot game. There's only two games that came out for Nintendo. This is called this is from Stack Up. And um, yeah, it's another one of the Rob the Robot games. Stack Up for Nintendo Entertainment System. Stack up for Nintendo. Kind of like a carnival. Mm, yeah. I really like this part a lot right here. Just like the chord changes on it. And this part just has a very 80s feel to it. I have a track from uh, Balloon Kid. Okay, that's the Game Boy. Game version. Boy. You know, there's also a game that he did music for. I don't know if I mentioned it when we were listening, listening, listing all the games that he did. But um, Hello Kitty World was another game. Okay, and that was that came out in Japan only, and that was same game too. It was also, uh, it was also, but basically, it was basically balloon fight, but it was oh, a Hello, Hello Kitty, Kitty theme though. But yeah. Actually, nice. no, no. You know what it is, I think? I think that it's Hello Kitty World is the same thing as Balloon Kid. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And because Balloon Kid basically takes an element of, of Balloon Fight and makes a whole game out of it. Right. So, yeah. Without further ado, here's a track from Balloon Kid for the Game Boy. 
A little something from Balloon Kid. Mm-hmm. And if you want the uh, Hello Kitty version, check out Hello Kitty World for the f- Famicom. <laughs> you ever into the Hello Kitty or your sister ever into the Hello Kitty? Yeah, my sister was, definitely. Actually, they, you know what I was into? What? The Sanrio gum. Sanrio gum? Yeah. I didn't know they had gum. That makes sense. They had Sanrio everything. Yeah, they had Sanrio everything. Gum was really good, though. It was different. You know what? This would actually be a, a pretty good uh, question. I just, this, I, I like this music to ask this question to you. Okay. But, Will I marry you? Yes. <laughs> just this is hypothetical. Just imagine that Hip Tanaka had been contracted or he got bought out by Sega. Uh-huh. Just imagine. Can you just picture what he would have done for some of those games or any, any kind of games? I'm sure it would have been interesting. I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm asking. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it doesn't really matter. The um... yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. But I mean, what do you think? I I think it it would have changed uh, the way I, I think of a lot of games, or a lot of the way a lot of people remember Sega games. Well, I mean, you know, the the soundtrack to Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I mean, not Super Ghouls and Ghosts, but just Ghouls and Ghosts for Genesis. That's pretty kind of experimental, and I think it's kind of in the vein of something that Hirokazu Tanaka would have done. I think. Like in that vein, maybe. It, it's a total nerd question. I just wanted it. Yeah. I think that, you know, it, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer it. <laughs> if, if, uh, oh, yeah, here's another nerd question for you. If Hip Tanaka and Koji Kendo got in a fight, who do you think would win? I mean, Kondo. 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 Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. I, <laughs> it's but, just a stupid here, question. Here it I mean, if, musically? <laughs> yeah. I pr- the, I, pr- the, I think I think here I'm I like Hirokazu Taka's music more. It, a actually. battle of the styles, like a battle of the bands. Right. I mean, I think for originality and innovation, Hirokazu Tanaka would probably probably take the fight. Probably. Right. I don't know. That's a close one. It'd be, it'd be a, it's a it, close one. It would be a, a, a bloody no, duel. I mean, Koji Kondo is definitely he's got his own thing too. He's really good. Also, he's definitely one of the best. Oh, they're good for different reasons. How about that as an answer? They would I, win. They would win. They both would win for different reasons. You know who would be the big winner? You, the audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm gonna play a track. That's he did. He was the okay. He didn't compose this next track that I'm gonna play, but he was the musical supervisor for this game. He did. He was the musical supervisor for a couple games, um, Mario Paint and Snoopy Concert. Mario Paint's not really a game, but um, Mario Paint and Snoopy Concert. Snoopy Concert only came out in Japan for the Super Famicom, and Mar- Mario Paint did come out in the United States. I actually have it. And okay. um, so he didn't do the music for these games, didn't compose the music, but he did direct the music. And so um, I'm going to play something from Mario Paint um, this is a song called Monkey Song, and the composers are Ryoji Yoshitomi and Kazumi Totaka, um, and with direction, musical direction by Hirokazu Tanaka. I thought it'd be appropriate to play at least one of these tracks that he wasn't an actual composer on, but, but um, was the musical director on. So uh, this is music from Mario Paint for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> Thank you. 
Music from Mario Paint, composers Kazumi Totaka and Ryoji Yoshitomi, musical direction by Hirokazu Tanaka. You were right. I do like this track. Yeah, it's it's good. I think it's a good one. Very catchy and very, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously, I don't think it has that Hirokazu Tanaka sound as much. Right. Although that background voice, if you can hear it, that sort of, it almost sounds like a, a fly buzzing or something. Okay. I feel like that's something he would have used or something, you know? Seems like a, to me it sounds like a blend of tango and ma uh, mambo and samba. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of salsa. Some salsa in there. A little bit. Anyway. I like this part right here, actually. This part's good, yeah. Like that. That, yeah, there's kind of like a bending of pitch there. For my final track, I'm going to return to Famicom Wars. Okay. I like, I like, I like that soundtrack a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, let me just say this has been a great episode. And I would like to close out my track, my set, mm -hmm. with this with this um, track, um, composer Hip Tanaka. Famicom Wars. 
Actually, I had this track picked out as well. I, I really like this one a lot. It's good. Yeah. Like this this part coming up right here is, this is really good. This part right here. Listen to the bass. The bass really picks up right there too. You hear this? And I, I like actually the beginning of this, how this this song starts. You know, did you, did you notice that the, the intro? It doesn't repeat ever, but it, you can hear it like. I like that. That kind of you hear that? Oops. Yeah, Drums. That's yeah. neat, huh? No, no. There's just something about the chord too. Okay, so um, all right, so I'm gonna play something from Gumshoe, and um, and yeah, this is music from Gumshoe, and of course, music by Hirokazu Tanaka. Gumshoe, and um, yeah, obviously you can tell it's there's this a lot of similarity to those other earlier games. I really like this part right here. Sort of picks up right here, and then this part. Yeah, that's good. Excellent. But it's it's interesting that it's a lot of these games really just sound like his music. Definitely, you know, all these earlier Nintendo games. It's that hip style. Yeah. It's that zap sound, that zip, zip, kind of, kind of. All right. Well, that's that's uh, pretty much the end of our show. Um, our focus on Hirokazu Tanaka, one of the, one of the fir- I think one of the first game com- music game composers, really, game music composers in video games. Contrary to what he has said himself on the topic. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of work in the Nintendo era. And I think a really distinctive style, I think. I think, for, for, if anything, I think people have been able to hear that there is definitely a unique Hirokazu Tanaka style. Sure. Um, especially with those early games, but even with the, the later stuff, too. There's always something really unique, and there's something just, uh, it's... The, the way that his music is structured, it just goes in ways you don't expect, I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like very unexpected, I think. And um, if you want to find out more information about Hirokazu Tanaka, you can check out his website um, at 
uh, www.hirokazutanaka.com. It's H-I-R-O-K-A-Z-U-T-A-N-A-K-A.com. And you can hear, see there his full works listing if you're interested in some of the stuff he did after the 16-bit era. You can check out what he did there, and there's other things too. There's bands he likes, stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks again so much to uh, Hirokazu Tanaka for uh, doing the interview. And then also uh, another thanks to Hiroko Minamoto uh, for translating the interview. And um, you can check her podcast out at oneup.com. It's called 8-4-Play for uh, your Japanese video game-related needs. 8-4-Play. Yeah. And um, if you would like a full track listing of uh, the show, you can go to LegacyMusicHour.com. We will also post in text form the, the interview with Hirokazu Tanaka. And unfortunately, there aren't, you know, it was done through email and we didn't really, it wasn't a live interview, so we weren't able to um, do a lot of follow-up inter- questions and stuff. But, I, I, you know, we hope you find it helpful. And um, my name is Brent Weinbach. I'm Rob F. And this the show is the Legacy Music Hour, and we're going to close out this episode with uh, a, one last piece from Earthbound for the Super Nintendo. Um, this is a track called "The Power," and um, really his stuff. I think for Earthbound, really kind of just got um, really kind of on the experimental side and very ambient. And uh, it's it actually this track in particular really reminds me of something you'd hear from Brian Eno or um, Vangelis. It kind of reminds me of the soundtrack to Blade Runner. But uh, we're going to leave you with that. And uh, again, this is music by Hirokazu Tanaka, our uh, composer of the episode. And this is music from Earthbound. This is Power. Thank you for listening.